So saying I do at the altar is really not enough. You have to do in life. You have to consistently say I do in all of your actions. But what exactly does that mean? How does that look? Well, today we're going to get into the three um, ingredients every marriage must have, but the ones we really don't talk about in our I do. So we're going to jump into it in today's show. Come on and let's talk about it. Thank you for tuning in. We are Tristan and Michael, and you are listening to Fused Transparent Conversations for Marriage, Family, and Relationships. We invite you to join us as we discuss topics that are thought about but not talked about. So tell your friends and family to check us out. And always visit our website, Fused Marriages, for more content and resources. How you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. You know what I mean? It's, it's a new day. Mm-hmm. New topics. New interesting topic. I think this is going to be a good one, though. Okay, okay. Well, let's jump into it. So for today, we are discussing the three ingredients that make, that is a, every marriage's must-have. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, there are definitely three ingredients. I mm-hmm. mean, I think we might have alluded to it in, in, the, in the prep of this, right, of saying mm-hmm. it may not be what they think. Okay. Right. It may not be as obvious as you know, we got you know we got the obvious ones people may kind of bring up and talk about, which are good. Those, those are good. Those are good ingredients. Mm-hmm. I think these are three additional ingredients. Maybe that people don't think about often. Okay, okay, okay. So um, the first one, as we begin the dialogue, mm-hmm. that you were you were telling me this is some things that you were thinking about is becoming one, creating a space and a place where you and your spouse can grow and rule. Talk about that. Absolutely, absolutely. I think at first we should say, and people that I mean that've been watching for a while, they may understand who we are, what we're about. Okay. So we don't just make this stuff up, right? Right. We speak from our experiences, from one. That's one one place we speak from. Mm-hmm. We speak from, you know, our own interactions with regards to hey, what we think about. And we kind of discuss things beforehand. But probably one of the biggest things we actually pull from is, is our Bible. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't often necessarily reference it every single episode. Yeah. But the idea is that, you know, that, that's our foundation. Right. So with that being said, if this all this is going to come from 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 my Bible. Okay. Right. It's not necessarily a Bible lesson, but this lets you kind of the reference point, I think is good to kind of bring it up and understand, hey, here's what the baseline is. And we'll discuss it. You and I have a little discussion about it. Biblical foundations for universal truth. There you go. I, I like that. Because it's from, universal. Is it universal? Got it from up here. Right up here. She's yeah, because so the the, so <laughs> the Bible for us is a foundation, but it speaks to universal truths that can apply to anybody at any stage, anywhere. So, I'm really curious um, where you're going to go with all of these. So, um, this idea of becoming right. one, we hear it all the time when you get married. You know, leave and cleave, or you know, you're one now. What are you? What are your thoughts about this? All right, so let, let, let's let's start off with what at least the reference point of where we're going to start the discussion from. So I'm going to okay. start off reading from Genesis two, starting at at uh, verse twenty three. Okay. Okay. And it starts off. It says, "And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife." And they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, and the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. 
Okay. That not a shame part to come up later, but the part just wanted to highlight here, right? We're going back. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So the idea, right, is so scripturally saying that, you know what, at some point they were, say, were two entities, but the idea that God was trying to join them to be one. Mm-hmm. Now, we can take that literally, right? Or we can try to discuss that. What does that mean to become one? Okay. Right? Does one mean, you know what? We got to be on the same page. That's becoming one. <laughs> right? One, we got to make decisions together. That's becoming one. Right? We got to come to understanding of how we're going to raise our kids. If we have kids or not have kids, that's becoming one. We got to become one in regards to, you know what? We got issues and problems and dynamics and careers. All this is becoming one. This is the, the, at least this is my argument, at least what I'm going to state and saying when we're talking about becoming one, the importance of that, right, of an ingredient of, of, of a marriage is discovering what does that look like to become one, mm-hmm. right? I think a lot of times we don't often as a couple really kind of think about life and marriage that way of like, okay, I got to come one. I got to, I got to figure out what is it, what does that look like right. for us? Right. Yeah. I think that it, it's interesting as I was thinking about that. And this is probably, I always say this, but something that I'll continue to consider and research, but the become being like almost present future versus past. Like I became but thinking of this as an ongoing process and that as we evolve and we grow, it continuing to grow as well. So like you know this person today, well, they might learn something or something traumatic happened or they run into somebody and have a different conversation that opens up a different way that they think. And now there's somebody different. The con- The idea of every day I'm different, every day I'm growing, every day I'm evolving. And to become one with that person means that you too are growing and evolving and staying connected. So that ongoing process of becoming one and not just, you know, stopping at the altar and recognizing that the person that you married isn't the person that you're waking up to day after day. Yeah, I mean, I think absolutely I agree with 100% what you just said. I think a lot of times when we get into relationships or marriage, we think that we're going to just be ourselves. I'm just going to be me and she going to love me or he going to love me just for me. Mm-hmm. Not the idea that I'm going to have to bend to something, right? And the idea that something is really for us to combine unless you know what I'm going to say, you know what, you're going to do everything I want to do. Mm-hmm. Which nine times out of 10, that does not work. Some people may can do that. Most of us can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I there's, there's some things that I liked you know what I mean? That I wanted to do, you know, as far as, you know what, I played basketball, you know, three or four days a week, this, that, and the other. But we have kids or we, I have you and I consider, I can't, I gotta be, I gotta be conscious of nothing. I can't do those things, mm-hmm. but I have to be conscious of saying, hold on, we come in one. Can I do the exact same thing mm-hmm. that I've always done mm-hmm. when I was single, when I was just looking out for me? See, I would say no to that. Right. And but I think that what how you started that the idea of um, I'm gonna do me, I'm gonna be me is innately very self-centered. It's a very single mentality. I mean, even in its nature, it's not I'm gonna do us. You know, it's very clearly, distinctively 
about oneself, obviously. But I think that what happens is we might not articulate that, but we might live that in, hey, what's important to this other person? I'm not adopting that. That's that's them. And it's not saying necessarily that you have to take on the attributes of your partner in totality, but recognizing that this is something that that this is parts of who they are, even as they become. Um, my mom used to say, and I might have said this on the show before, but um, who you want to be, you are right now becoming. So the idea of um, as I strive to be um, more educated or strive to um, be more present in the marketplace or be a better parent or whatever it is, then you are becoming that by the habits that you execute on a daily basis. Um, so it's not about what you say you want to be. It's about what you do. So saying I do in a marriage is really proven by what you actually do. It's not the saying of I do. So if I am saying I want to become one, I'm in union, then saying it is simply not enough. It's looking at what's important to your partner. It's looking at what parts of me are negatively impacting our relationship. What parts of me were really just me doing me um, and not me becoming us. Me saying, okay, you know, Tristan, when, cause I was grown when, when we got married and there were certain parts of me that were really protective of myself because I had to be. And then if I were to keep those walls up and keep protecting myself in a relationship with my spouse, then, then now it's no longer protection, it's division. So now I'm dividing my relationship between you and I because I kept going with me doing me the way I had to have done me before me was us. Hopefully that made sense. No, you dropping <laughs> gems on there. Mama didn't pour some stuff into you. You pouring it back out. So mama, if you watch this, you, you did what did a good job. Did a good job. Thanks, Mama. <laughs> good, job. good job. But no, that's so powerful what you said. I mean, the idea of just becoming something, right? Because you saying it and doing it don't necessarily always line up, right? And you gotta yeah. be intentional about that's what I heard you say. So that's pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah. So um you also said when you when we were discussing this, um, where you and your spouse grow and rule, I think that's an interesting kind of connection. The idea of ruling together, because obviously I just spoke on us evolving together, but ruling together. Can you jump into that a little bit? I mean, I, I think the whole idea, right, of becoming one is the idea that you know what you're supposed to be ruling over something, right? That mm -hmm. could be call it from the smallest thing to the biggest thing, whether it's just your household. Right. It's hard to rule over household if y'all not one. Mm. You know what? Just you got I mean, you got how you raise your kids. It's hard to rule over that. Right. It's hard to say, you know what, if you're mm. going to create, a, you're going to have a business. You're going to you're going to operate together or whatever. Or just to be a support. Right. Y'all got to be on the one accord on that. Right. Right. So the idea of becoming one, I think it sets the atmosphere to be able to rule successfully well, on whatever that is. Right. Whatever you kind of decide what that is as a couple. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So another one, um, I like that that idea of ruling, mm -hmm. and it, and as I considered it, and then I want to jump to the next the next topic on this, but is that you have to to be a king and queen. You have to have a kingdom, like something that you are building together, so that you can rule something together. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to both be entrepreneurs or anything, but it's to say, hey, this is these are the mandates of our kingdom. This is the way that we're going to do our household. This, these are kind of what, what are important, our values. So as you are entering different spaces, um, you have, you know, control over 
what you have control over or how you function so that when people come into your space or in your life or in your home and they aren't operating according to your kingdom principles, the principles that you've established with your king or your queen, then that's not to be tolerated. And everybody that is under that kingdom has to follow the rules um, that you have established between yourselves. So if that's, hey, I have an organization or I have a company or I have children or I have family, that's why it's important when we talk about family that, hey, you know, your mother-in-law or father-in-law can't come in your house and just decide what the atmosphere is going to be because it's not their kingdom. So it, you and the king and the queen run Hey, this is how we do this here. And I mean, I know it can get tense and it's not as easily um, done as it's said, but recognizing that those are the kinds of things that cause um, conflict in the kingdom. Those are the kinds of things that can, um, you know, you might have an unplanned coup because somebody thinks I'm going to come in here, I'm going to run it this way and I don't care what, what they say. So I think establishing how you are going to rule and what you are going to rule Um is really critical to being able to be one. No, absolutely, absolutely. I think you, I think you did a, a good segue into into number two. Yeah. So our our second piece is building together, um, and and you said con- continuously building together. So I know you have a scripture for this. Yeah. Let me jump into it. So this is going to reference Genesis one, mm-hmm. starting at verse twenty seven, going to twenty eight. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, he created them. Mm-hmm. Then God blessed them, and he said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the, over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Right? I think the, mm-hmm. two, the two words that jump out, right, and we're talking about building something, mm-hmm. establishing something, is have dominion over it, right, subdue it, and I also put in there uh, be fruitful and multiply, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the idea, and I think we put you we reference it right continuously, right? Sometimes we get in the mindset of like, hey, we get together, maybe even get a family, maybe even get a house, whatever, and we say, okay, we good. Mm-hmm. We don't say it out loud, but we kind of our actions kind of show that we good, right? We don't. I think what happens to a lot of couples, right, it's easy to fall into, is that we stop building. Mm-hmm. We stop, we want to call it dreaming, we want to call it building, we want to call it aspiring to, to be something more as a unit, right? As a couple, right? Um, and what happens is like, hey, once you stop building, there's some separation that's going to stop, that's going to start happening, mm-hmm. right? You're, we're not designed just to be static or stagnant mm-hmm. with each other, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're constantly supposed to be growing, yeah. constantly supposed to be multiplying, being fruitful, People often, we talked about before, people often look at, you know, fruit multiply as just, as just kids. Mm-hmm. But what about those that, you know, that, that don't have kids and get married at 55? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They can't have kids. Does this not apply to them? I would say no. And I would say actually no, that it does not, that it does apply to them rather than if I'm, if I'm referencing that right, that the idea that, you know what, no, they can be fruitful and multiply as well, right? right? And whatever they're trying to do, whatever they're trying to explore, whatever they're trying to create, they have that opportunity as well, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like what you said, and I like where you're going with that, because the idea of being fruitful and multiplying is not linear. It isn't just one thing. The goal of partnership is that you're multiplying in multiple areas. You know, like if if you have a company um, and you say, okay, this company is going to be fruitful, it doesn't mean, hey, I just want to I want to produce one product 
And that's all I want to do. It's like, no, I want to produce this product. I want to get it in multiple markets. I want to be able to expand it. I want to be able to hire more people. I want to have increased marketing. I want to have increased presence. You know, like, so the multiplication, even if it's just one focal point, you want it to like to go to the, like you want it to keep going. Um, so I really like that you you hit on that because you can do that within the relationship. Because if that was all that it was was just to be fruitful and multiply with children, then when your children are up and grown, then what? Yeah, then what? Yeah. Then then you're no longer supposed to multiply. Like then you're no longer supposed to be fruitful. No, you're supposed to reinvest. Okay, I invested in those children. Maybe now I'm I'm mentoring over on this hand, but now I'm also. I'm pursuing some entrepreneurial endeavors or I'm also active in the community or I'm also I'm doing something else. And the idea of building, um, I think if we look at um, like infrastructure, like buildings, um, civil engineers, they know if they if they don't continue to build and they don't continue to reinforce what they built, then um, these buildings are going to start crumbling. You're going to have um, bridges that are going to be weakened. You have to consistently be investing and consistently be growing. So I love the idea of building something together in a very intentional way. So I really liked that. Yeah, I mean, the, the idea, I love what you just said and that, I mean, that that continuous building, I think and you got to be intentional about that building, mm -hmm. right? It Because it'll sneak up on you and the idea like, okay, hey, we accomplished some great things, yeah. right? You may you can reach a certain level and you're thinking, okay, that's it, or, I've, you know, we've done, or this, that, and the other, we're going to kind of ride off into the sunset. Mm -hmm. But ain't no sunset unless y'all hold a hand together trying to build something together all the way in order to leave a legacy for somebody, mm. right? Which should be the ultimate goal for all of us, right? To be able to say, you know what? Me and my spouse, we accomplished this so that this next generation or the future generations can have impact or have a significant head up, head start on, on some things. So why do you think that people or couples really don't do this continuous building? Like what are some of the maybe the stops or the pits in the road that stop them from going that direction? Because most couples start that way. What gets them off course? I think for one, I think couple things get them off course one is awareness right of just not knowing we're calling these like the three key ingredients of of a marriage right mm -hmm. how many times have you heard this we we have it right somebody may have spoken about it before this and the other but you don't this is not the conversations that are being had whether it's i don't care where you're looking at where you're finding that they don't necessarily bring these up as a key ingredient for for marriage yeah. so that's just awareness of like okay hey hold on, i gotta be thinking about this mm -hmm. right the other thing could be it's probably maybe a little bit, little bit more sinister, but people get selfish, mm -hmm. right? Hey, I've helped you for all these years. I'm about to do me now. Mm -hmm. You know what? Somebody may have, right, supported and this, that, and the other, and now they say it's my turn. Mm -hmm. And the other person's not on board with your turn or y'all don't have alignment, right? So y'all end up building something, but, you know, he building his thing, she building her thing. Mm -hmm. Because, they, you know, people get resentment, sacrifice, I didn't give it this, that, and the other. Why come I can't? I can't believe this, that, and the other. And that gets in the place, right? Which is, you know, a little sticky how that can kind of play out, but that it happens. Yeah. It happens. So I think those are two key things that potentially happen to people. Those pitfalls. Yeah. I think the, how you were, as you were talking through that and I was thinking, man, there are so many conversations that we hear, like, this is how it's done. And this, and it's not the things that we necessarily know, because we know we have to work on communication. We talk about it a lot on this show and we know, you know, um, how important intimacy, both, you know, physical and mental is important. But when you start talking about like, are you building? 
together. I think that's an important um, distinction because you start doing something outside of that. You're building somewhere. Um, You're putting your time in something. You're putting your energy and your talent into something. And if it's not reflected in your relationship, then it definitely um, is going to negatively affect it. So the last one that I wanted to um, discuss um, that you had for us is have no shame. Yeah, no shame, no shame. So we're going to reference on this one, Genesis 3 and verse 7, right? Mm -hmm. So then the eyes of both of them were opened. This is after they have bitten the fruit. Both of them have bitten the fruit. If you're familiar with the story, Um, Adam and Eve both bit the fruit, which they weren't supposed to. So then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves a covering, mm-hmm. right? And the one thing we got to bring up, I don't know if you recall, right? And back in verse, uh, in, in Genesis 2, 25, it said they were naked too, mm-hmm. right? They were, they were placed together, they were naked, and it said that they were unashamed. Mm-hmm. Now we're looking at, in, in, chapter, in chapter 3, verse 7, it's saying that, that in, they're aware that they're naked, right? And they're trying to cover themselves up. Mm-hmm. What does that say? What does that say to me? So the idea of transparency mm. and honesty can get tainted along the way, right? Some Or not have it at all. It could be either case, right? We just never had it, okay. right? If it's not an ingredient that you never had is one thing. It's nothing. It, it can get lost in the shuffle over time during life as life happens, right? I'm not as transparent anymore. You don't know the insight about how I feel about certain things anymore. You don't know my true heart desires and where I want to go and how I see myself or how I see you anymore. <laughs> Idea about that being a creative leader is like it's something is it must be maintained, right? Because what happens when it's not maintained? You have shame that's that that gets that gets placed on it, right? And what shame does puts distance between the two of you, right? So if I have shame about something I've done, I'm thinking about this and the other. I'm not sharing it with you. So then, what does that do? That puts a wall between us, between that whatever that thing is. And you and I, so you don't know it. They put fig leaves on themselves. We can take it literally as far as, hey, you know what? Yeah, they were covered. They was, you know, they they were aware. They they general parts this that, and the other. Or we can try to say, okay, hold on. What's the principle here of saying, okay, if at one point they were unashamed, right, of being totally transparent? Imagine being totally transparent with your significant other. If you if you had if you, if you felt comfortable enough to say, okay, you know what? I can share everything with my partner. Good, bad, indifferent, small, big, large, whatever it is, I can tell them anything, share anything with my heart, how I feel, how I see, when I'm angry, when I'm frustrated, when I'm when I'm just, you know, ready to cry, whatever it is, I'm able to do that. And how would that connect you more? I would say that would drive you closer together. Versus times like a lot of us couples, right? We all come through it, like, you know, we're not sharing everything. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, right? Whether we're ashamed, whether we just, it's you know, scary. what the distance or it's scary. Yeah. Because they became aware. Mm-hmm. Once I became aware that you can hurt me, I get a little bit gunshot. Mm-hmm. Like, hold on, if I tell her that, she may, you know, bring that back up in a month or two or whatever. Right. And that gets that gets scary. We got to try to avoid that. Yeah. And I think that's, I think there's so many things that come with that, like before you get into the relationship. So damage that was done prior to being with your spouse. And it's not necessarily even that you're holding it against them, but it's, well, this part of myself is in the back of my mind, something that I think about myself or the, or how I think they're going to respond 
to me. So if I have, um, if I had a really negative relationship, um, and there was something that was said about me, now I'm carrying not potentially pieces of that traumatic experience into this relationship. And now I'm like, well, I don't want to say that. Is he going to act this kind of way, even if you haven't done anything? And it might not even be like um, an aggressive way that you're going to respond to me. It may just be this feeling of it's not it's not that big a deal. Like, I don't I want to talk about it. And that's what I'll say to me versus saying to you, hey, I have this thing that really kind of gets to me. But I think that that does come with the evolution of the relationship, but being willing to grow there, to go there. Um, I think that's a, um, really a big deal, having no shame and considering transparency, because that's hard. And like I said, that's that's a very scary thing to be fully exposed to your partner, to anybody. And that's not something that's necessarily celebrated culturally, um, because things happen. And what if this relationship really doesn't work out? You know, like I'm and we see it a lot of times in media reflected like, you know, somebody hiding their purchases because no, because he going to say this or him going out and having experiences with his friends and not wanting to tell his girl because she going to trip out because of this. And it even becomes more serious when you're talking about finances, like talking about the stress of this. How are we going to discuss this or talking about disciplines? Hey, I don't want to for you to spank or I don't want us like, you know, whatever the the conversations are, but they can become really, really challenged depending on upbringing, what your, what your own experience has been, your own um, challenges. So I think the idea of transparency is just a, just kind of a tough talk. Um, And especially for like black and brown people, because that's not something we, we generally um, discuss is being transparent and open like you might be fine you know I remember when I was growing up my mom found my journal and I was so upset she I don't I didn't have a lot in there um, but like she read a page <laughs> and I remember being really upset but because I was used to kind of you know having my own secret and I'm not saying that parents you should be reading your kids journal my mom you're great but I remember thinking like she knows me more and it scared me. Like, even though there was, I was like, I was like eight. Like it wasn't, I wasn't writing about anything at that, at that stage. But the idea of like, somebody sees me, somebody knows me, what are they going to think of me? And even when you and I got married, like talking through some things were really like, okay, if this relationship doesn't work out and now you have all this ammunition against me, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I wonder if that's how people think about it. No, that's good. I mean, as you were kind of scrambling about the whole journey incident, I, I think like as we, as we're growing up, we're almost like conditioned not to share everything. Yeah. To hide different things, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's like, hey, I don't nobody know about my journal or, hey, I can't share all my thoughts with, you know, this person. Like it's almost like as a, as an adolescent, yeah. you're almost, and then so you get into the adult, right? Because you shouldn't. We're not to say, hey, you know what? Which you hopefully, as parents, we try to do, hey, kid, tell us everything, whether mm-hmm. good, bad, and different. But we're told, like, that's a secret. That's a secret. Or uh-huh. put your, write it in your diaries and things. Like, it's almost, okay. like you said, like a hidden thing. Like, you should have these private thoughts that nobody, and some things maybe, maybe they should be, but, but the idea of attaching like a shame to them is a different thing than having something yeah. that you keep quiet. I'm thinking about just an, an example, at least um, 
for us, which you don't know about, but like say, let's say when I travel, right? Mm-hmm. I go on a trip and, um, you know, typically we talk, right? After I get to a certain place, get to the hotel room, get settled in, I, I you know, I, get, I end up giving you a call mm-hmm. and, you know, you holding down the fort and this, that, and the other. And you say, hey, babe, how was your day? Like, I'm ashamed to say that if it was, if it was a good day. Because I've been <laughs> like. I've been with the kids and I'm going to work and all this stuff. Yeah, so I'm like, I may have had like an amazing dinner, this, that, and the other. And it's like, oh my goodness, you know, that we went to here, we did this. And I hear like kids in the background like, ah, oh, blah, <laughs> And I'll be like, well, you know what? I don't know if I should say how great. It's all right. That's an example of like, you know what I mean? A withholding though. Yeah. Because I'm ashamed that maybe my experience at the, at that present point is doesn't match up with what you're experiencing, which could happen to a lot of people, right? Whether it's, hey, you can have a good day at work and your spouse have a bad day at work. Do you just come, like, and you know they had a bad day? You can't come home and say, man, I had this great day, this, that, and the other. You're going to be sensitive. You're going to be sensitive to it. But to me, it could be, it could still cause an issue, mm-hmm. right? Because you you may never know about that good day. Mm-hmm. Because I'm ashamed, or at least I'm, I'm trying to, sensitive is, is one way of looking at it too, of saying, hey, do I tell or do I not tell? At some point, I should. Maybe not that particular moment, right? That's the sensitive part. But do I even feel comfortable coming back around an hour later, next day? Say, hey, remember you were talking about this? I had a, my day a little bit different. Mm. Or are they going to be like, oh, here you go with your good job and this, that, and the other. And my job, my people, my job. You know, do we, we, we put these plots in our head. Not saying that you would, anybody would say right, that, right. but we create these storylines. And we, that, that, to me, that shame kicks in. Hmm. This is definitely an interesting conversation with lots of perspectives. We definitely want to hear from you, um, but we thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing. Um, We could continue this and we want to. So please put your comments in the chat so that we can talk back with you. Um, Always check out our social media handles or our website, Fused Marriages, for more content and resources. And as always, let's talk about it.